Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about Jefferson curls, we talk about restoring terminal knee extension after surgery, and we talk about some compensations down the road in athletes. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I'm up here in Boston, Massachusetts. We're at Champion PT and Performance with the therapist here that... Um, therapize. That therapize here at, at Champion. But anyway, <laughs> Lenny Macrina, Dave Tilly, Dan Pope, Mike Scaduto. We're here with Matt. What's your nickname again? Matt. Okay. That's right. Uh, Matt. Okay. Matt Kelly from Dalhousie University. Out of Canada. Somewhere in Canada. Sorry. Um, not good with that. But uh, anyway, we're here uh, answering some more questions. So we've got another great episode. Keep uh, keep asking away. But Matt, why don't you uh, why don't you start off with this week's first question? All right. First question is from Kramer from New York. No way. <laughs> from Kramer from New York. This question is specific for Lenny. Uh, Lenny, can you share with us how you feel this week after getting destroyed in fantasy football last weekend by Mike's team? What? How did Kramer in New York know that I killed you in fantasy football this week? Well, I had a big injury last week. David Johnson got hurt. Not to date the the, the, the episode, but I lost a key player recently, and I've struggled to recover, and some key guys haven't performed, so... But how does it make you feel? That's what I, it hurts me. Know. It hurts me because uh, you know if there are some rivals in the league, Mike and I probably be a natural rival, I guess, <laughs> right. just by uh, the nature of things. But uh, twenty-year history of playing fantasy football, right, exactly. <laughs> so I, I'll, I think I have another, another chance later in the season. So. Dan and I seem to be doing really well, though. So yeah, you guys are undefeated. Good stuff. <laughs> Good job. Thanks for the question, right, Kramer. So Kramer. I, I, I snuck that in. That was me. That wasn't really Kramer. All right, what do we got, Matt? Give me a real one. All right, Sean from Australia asks. Hi there, Mike and the crew. I've been seeing a lot of people in the gym I work at implementing Jefferson curls into their training. My gut instinct is that the risk of this loaded stoop position far outweighs the benefits claimed for this exercise. Can you please give me your thoughts and advice? A Jefferson curl. Who's familiar with a Jefferson curl? I've done a lot of these. You do or you don't? I do. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. Pope and I have gotten a ton of these. So, yeah. So, all right. Let's take a step back. Why don't you, for the... For the people that don't understand a Jefferson curl, it's kind of like, what's the concept, posterior chain base? But yeah. like, what, 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 why, what, why don't we start with what is a Jefferson curl? Jefferson curl is a like very light loaded, fully flexed, like toe touch position. So you like do as if you would do like a multi-segmental flexion, but you like slowly go through full flexion of your spine all the way down past your toes. So usually segment by segment, usually standing around flexion, like with a kettlebell right. to a deficit. And what's the goal of it? So the, the goal in the, theoretical argument is that if you slowly introduce your back to flexion loads starting with like the PVC pipe and then over years progress to loaded weight that you can develop adaptation in the posterior elements of your spine and and hamstrings and glutes to handle load protect you against flexing and tolerant movements gotcha okay all right so it makes sense that's a Jefferson curl so Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like with everything else I think the question is abuse you know, the question is going to come down to just like, yeah, I mean, if you got a knucklehead that's never done this before and then they put, 
you know, two yeah, two twenty five plates on the end of a barbell and try to do this. That's probably not going to go well. But it sounds like that's not the point. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know. What do, what do you guys think? What do you think of Jefferson curls? Do you like them? Do you dislike them? Is there a way to do them that we can or can't? Or what do you think? I guess it depends on your goals. My question is: Be why would you? Why are you doing Jefferson curls? You know, if you want to build a bigger deadlift, then I don't know if it's the best accessory lift. So you might potentially be just using an exercise that's not the best. Is it something that's safe? I imagine if you load yourself up nice and slowly and, and go go appropriate and make sure you have good volume and intensity and frequency and follow appropriate periodization, and it's probably going to be okay for you. But I, I think you just have to make sure it, it fits your goals. You know, where your athlete's goals are. Yeah, if you Google this and you look up a Jefferson curl on YouTube and you imagine somebody doing it too fast with too much load or something like that, you, you, obviously there's a negative. Yeah, a lot of people argue the warm-up. It's like a good right. over-warm-up for like what would be if you pull back to position. And other people have said that you know it's something that's not done, like you said, too abruptly. And I don't know. I mean, I think that I think for, for me personally, I think the reason that they go wrong is because people don't realize how much flexion they're under their entire day. I think that people are driving, they're like bending over, like they spend so much time in light loaded flexion that then it becomes a problem. So you have to really take a big step back and look at all the other movements in your day that are flexion <laughs> One of the first things that I thought of initially was like, dude, dude, is this something we really need to build? I feel like we're already very right in this position. Is this something, we, I feel like we need to build the opposite. Yeah. yeah. But, but, I, but I don't know, I mean, is there a reason why you, I mean, why I you would do it? I mean, I've had some conversations with other very well-known healthcare providers and they would say that maybe it is a good warm up, maybe it's a better alternative warm up than other exercises, but we don't know yet because I guess it's, it's I hard to compare. I'd say warm up because yeah. it's just mobility, right? But warm up like, for like for a deadlift or like a very narrow stance deadlift. Yeah. You know, competitive rowers are very yeah. narrow stance. Some people will argue that it's preventative exercise. So if you just get your your spine ready to tolerate some sort of load and flexion, then maybe it's going to be able to handle it if your form falls apart a bit yeah. in a deadlift. So I, I definitely think we're we're in too much flexion already, though. But anyway, I don't know. I don't I use think it. I think, I think this is one of those we're trying too hard at times to do stuff. And maybe it has, it's good for some people, but I think the extremes are when people get into trouble like anything else we do. And I think we don't know enough yet. Yeah. Yeah. Personally. That's, is that, that's your standard? Go I mean, there's, there's just things that aren't... I mean, I could pro- honestly, I could probably tolerate Jefferson Curls because I'm very mobile and I've gone through that my entire life was compression and gymnastics. Right. But if I try to deadlift like Dan, his, his spine and hips are different than me. I can't deadlift like Dan. It's just different built. Right. If you try to Jefferson Curls, he might blow himself up because he has to spend 20 years like I have in a compressed position. Right. So, I mean, so I guess in a nutshell, if you have somebody that you feel like needs to build some flexion loading, then uh, to- flexion loading tolerance yeah. capacity. It's a big buzzword. People right ask now. me about it for gymnastics because that's a, a compression skill, and I can promise you we don't develop it like that. <laughs> right. So, so it's interesting. So if, that, if you find something you feel like that may be something you want to do on, um, yeah, just there's a good way and a bad way to do it. That makes sense. All right, sweet. What do we got, Matt? What's next? All right. Travis from Colorado says, I'm having a hard time getting back a patient's knee extension after ACL surgery. Any tips or tricks you have for dealing with these stubborn cases? <laughs> Knee extension after ACL surgery. Prone this, hangs. Is, this is Lenny's sweet spot. What do you think, uh, Len? Prone hangs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I typically stay away from the prone hangs. As I know Dave's joking, I think. Um, I tend to go supine. Did you do Jefferson curls? I, I, I start off with a Jefferson curl first. <laughs> and then, uh, That's a warm-up. Yeah, I mean, I go, I'm, a, I'm a supine guy with you know, their ankle propped up on something and a, and a weight on there, on just superior to the patella, and then they just stay like that multiple times a day for you know at least 60 minutes a day is recommended uh, there's a lot of devices out there that you can use commercial devices and they are pretty effective um, there's the the extensionator that's out there I think that's by Ermi 
Uh, there's the Terminator. That's by I think <laughs> the ter- Terminator. <laughs> it is the new Terminator by Skynet. Uh, that's by Urson uh, Religioso's group that he uh, his product he puts out. Um, anything that's going to get terminal knee extension passively with a nice overpressure stretch is going to be beneficial. The key is time. Is somebody putting enough time into it? Doing it ten minutes uh, once a day is probably not enough. Doing it twice a day is probably not enough. I think we know that you need at least sixty minutes a day to get benefits in college and elongation. 60 minutes in, in various bouts. In various, yes, at least 60 minutes a day, yeah. So four 15-minute right. sessions seems to be tolerable for most people. Yeah, So and then I, w- I would say, too, though, I mean, is our whole goal is to avoid that, right? So if you're struggling with people with, with losing terminal knee extension with ACL, maybe just the physician sending them too late, maybe they're not doing their homework, right. maybe you're not pushing them hard enough, but that's sort of the first thing. I mean, the first day we see them, it could be the day after surgery, they're propped up on a heel wedge with right. a weight on their leg, jam them down right. into extension. I think patella mobility too, you gotta make sure yeah. that their retinaculum is moving, the patella is mobile, and uh, they are educated on how to work on that stuff as well. And you gotta get the knee, the knee to calm down. If you're too aggressive with your flexion and the knee gets all swollen and irritable, they're gonna they're not gonna feel good walking. They'll walk with the, probably more of a flex knee gait, which is gonna promote even more loss of extension. So it, it's this big package, it's not just you know working on passive extension, it's the overall picture of, of the person. Nice. Anybody else? Anything? Any other tricks for knee extension? Yeah. Soft tissue, body entering. I mean, gastroc entering maybe. Yeah. A little bit. Posterior chain soft tissue yeah, if they're garden. Quad. Get the quad going as best you can. Pelvic extension. That's a good point. If you if you don't have volitional quad control, you're right. probably not getting into full extension quite a bit. I'm pretty sure that's been shown. I think there's a study. Um, you could argue reciprocal inhibition too. Somebody who can't buy their quad, can't relax their hamstring. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. So I, don't know, I think first step is, is avoid loss of motion, yeah. and then I think you got that. And then it sounds like if that doesn't work, then the, probably the next thing is that you, you, we may not be focusing on it enough. Maybe if you increase your duration, like Lenny kind of said, I think that might be helpful and stuff like that. So Awesome. Matt, what do we got? What's number three? Uh, Sean from New Jersey says, hey, everyone. I'm a senior athletic training student working at a high school and currently have a football player who is five and a half months out of an O's procedure. He is still showing compensation while squatting and running and shows weakness in isokinetic testing, although feeling normal. Do you have any recommendations for eliminating compensation patterns? How many months is he? Uh, five and a half. half. So five and a half months oot of an oots <laughs> procedure. <laughs> oot of an oats? Uh. <laughs> um, all right, so an oats procedure, an articular cartilage procedure, right? So I mean, that, I, I think this, I mean, what we're going to probably say goes for every knee surgery, right? But five and a half months, what do you guys think? So maybe Mike, Dan, what do you guys think? Like so somebody five and a half months out of any knee surgery that has compensations, why do you think that might be? What do you think, Mike? Uh, maybe they got stiff right after surgery. We didn't restore range of motion properly to begin with. See, last question. Right. I like how you tied that back together. Yeah. <laughs> Are they doing Jefferson curls? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a side yeah, episode. So, so, <laughs> so range of motion early and then getting strength in the quads and, and hamstrings back early could potentially lead to that, some of that stuff down the road. I feel like yeah, strength's a big one in, in athletes. So, I mean, Dan, you talk about this all the time. Like, like so in rehab, a lot of times we get very 
good at doing basic rehab, and then we get good at doing advanced versions of basic rehab, and we miss the boat on just strength training sometimes. Yeah. Is, do you think that's part of it? Like, so five and a half months after surgery, he's got compensations. Is he just not strong? I think that's huge, but, you know, it, it, it's kind of a spectrum, right? Like, I love working single-legged deadlifts and single-legged squats. I think that sets the foundation for all your, your jumping, your changing direction, everything else. So, first and foremost, you probably need to have equal strength and symmetry with those two motions. And from there, you have to start to slowly progress that towards more plyometric activities, you know. Do we have the strength conditioning down as a foundation? Does the movement look good? And once it looks good, now we have to start introducing some more plyometric activity. Is that looking symmetrical? Okay, now we'll introduce some more complexity, some more power, some more speed. Now we introduce some more change of direction work. We just slowly work way up. Somewhere after an OSH procedure at 5.5 um, months, it's not fully looking good. That makes sense to me. They probably just need more time and more work and, and really good programming and periodization. Um, just, I think it's, it's probably going to take a little more time, more effort, and just being really smart about the way you approach it. I think if you think of an O2, you need probably, in, in most knee surgeries, you need at least a year to f- kind of fully recover. 12 to 18 months is what we're seeing in the literature, and, and for our, especially for our ACLs. Tim Hewitt talks about two years, and that's an, I know that's an ACL, but that's a, another complicated surgery where the quads become inhibited. I think the same thing with an O2 procedure um, is at least 12 to 18 months to get back. So five and a half months, you said it best in your question, their, their, their isokinetic testing is down. I'm not surprised, but I think that's a good baseline. You know it's down. Now you get to work on their strengthening with stuff that Dan talked about. I wouldn't, I mean, I would stop probably not even doing running and cutting drills right now. Let's focus on strengthening for the next two or three months and then think about running and cutting uh, after that. But I don't know what your deadlines are and, and the backstory to the to the athlete. So. Yeah, I mean, sure, it's, to me it sure sounds like it doesn't matter how many weeks or months out you are. And what a protocol says, if, if they're not strong enough and they have compensations, they're not ready. So they, they need to keep rehabbing and, and keep going on. And I think yeah, that goes for any surgery. You know, this is a question on oats, but, I, you know, it really could be anything. So, um, yeah, pretty good. So awesome. That's three, right? So great. Thanks so much, guys. Another great episode. Um, keep them coming. Go to uh, MikeRandall.com. Click on that podcast link, and there's a form to fill out that you can ask us questions. If you can go to iTunes and rate and review the podcast, we'd really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks again. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRandall.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.